Hello, I'm your host, Callum Insel, and welcome to the Rugby League Review in association with Prost International. It's episode four now, and don't, and don't worry, we have one a hell of a show for you today. Over the course of the episode, we'll be bringing you the biggest talking points from around the Betfred Super League and the Championship from the past week. We'll be talking about the bits of business that teams have been doing so far for next season, and we'll also be discussing matches taking place next week and our predictions going into the round. Joining me again is Ben and Ethan. But more importantly, it's time for our second player interview, and it's a good one in store. After a fantastic breakthrough season at Wigan, it was a move to the south of France for this player and a brilliant piece of business for their team. It's with great pleasure for me to introduce Catalan Dragons and England winger Tom Davis. Tom, how are you, mate? I'm very good, thank you. Uh, appreciate having me on the show. Cheers. Well, we'll be kicking it off with a Q&A. Ethan, do you want to take it away with the first question? Uh, yeah, we'll touch on uh, your match against Huddersfield, Tom. Scored again. How was it? looked a close affair in the opening half hour, but pushed on. How was it to play in? Yeah, mate. Um, you know, look. I think to be honest, it's you're never going to get a, a team in Super League where you're gonna you're gonna run away in. You know, the first half. I think it, it's getting more and more. Uh, uh, you know, the best teams are the ones that are patient. Really, you have to look at it tactically. You know, and it's about grinding teams down and. And uh, field position, a lot of it, and, and discipline and penalties and things, and keeping them in their half. And, you know, slowly, slowly, the game starts to open up. So uh, I, I think, you know, the, the score flattered us a bit. We weren't on our best, you know, especially our discipline and things. But uh, yeah, it was good to get the win. And obviously, like I said, it's always good to score in it. <laughs> and obviously, another win to add to, to an ever growing collection this season, Tom. Uh, just how far do you think that sort of you can go this season? and you know what? Do you, what do you feel like you've achieved already? Do you think you've you've sort of cemented your place in in those playoffs? Do you think you've cemented a place in in the top four? Can you go on and win the the league leader shield and, and even the grand final? Um, I, I hope so. I'm very confident in us. I wouldn't say anything cemented at all. Uh, you know, look, Super League's a Super League's a good standard, and there's a lot of great teams in it. And I think, to be honest, a lot of the time, it's whoever turns up on the day. You can look at anywhere between first place and and, uh, and, you know, probably even last place. And there's always the opportunity there for everyone to get the win. It's all about who turns up on the day and who plays the best. Uh, going on, us individually, as a team, I'm, I'm very confident in us, in, in the players uh, that we've got. And, and Steve, as a coach, I think we have got the ability there to, to go all the way, like you said, and, and win the grand final. But that all comes down towards really and, and how we go about our season. It's... We're going good now, but we're not going to get carried away. You know, it's a long season, so we just want to keep up that form that we're doing. This is your best, Catalan's best start to Super League season. Going into the pre-season, could you, could you see that in the squad that this had the capability of happening? Yeah, I, I think so. To be honest, um, you know, look at most pre-seasons for every team will be pretty similar. Uh, you know, if you look at the first game of the season, everyone's done the same interview, you know, oh, we've had a great pre-season, we've trained hard and, um, I think, to be honest, the big difference is now we've, we've got a great blend of experience and also, you know, young players coming through who are young and hungry. So I think it, you cross that along with, you know, we've got some great, great people in key positions. If you, you know, look at Sam and Drinky and Jimmy and, and Mickey at nine, and then you've got people in the pack as well, like Joel and Cass who can lead forward. And then, you know, you've got, like I said, I've, I've got Dean Fiery inside me who's, who's been at the top now and, and done it and, I think everyone in in the squad, you know, we've got we've got a, we've got a great squad, and uh, going from pre-season into this year, it's not been anything different. I think, to be honest, like I said, then it's it's more the squad. <laughs> Steve's done a great job coaching us, 
Um, and, and yeah, like I said, at the end of the day, it's a long season now. It's about us maintaining it and always keeping that steady, you know, that steady improvement in each game. And just just on a more sort of a, a general context, obviously you've you've been with the Dragons for for a while now. So how have you found sort of adapting to playing in a different country? Obviously, I know that within the squad there are a few English lads, you know, quite a few. Um, but just from from a player's point of view, I want to know how difficult it is to sort of up sticks and and really move your life over there. Um, yeah, mate. To, to be honest, I didn't really think about it that much when I did it. I didn't. Uh, it's probably come from like a, a low IQ, but <laughs> if anything, it made it easier. You know, I, I didn't overthink it. I just, I had a meeting with Steve and Rich, and I knew it was best for me, for me, a rugby playing career, the, the move. I didn't really think about personal life or, or the actual move itself till actually, till I actually did it, you know, to, till afterwards. So, um, you know, look, that was kind of an afterthought. And since I've moved here, I, I've absolutely loved it. You know, I can't. I can't express enough just how glad I have that I, I did move and um, to actually be as well, the lifestyle, the culture, the people and, you know, the place, it, it, it is very different to England. It's it's a different life and uh, Alex Chan, who's our general manager, he picked me up on, on the first day from the airport and he said, look, if you can immerse yourself in the culture and really get into it, you'll find it easy. It's the ones who try to, you know, constantly think of home and things, they're the ones that struggle, so... I think that was a, a key point for me just for, you know what, go into it, you know, head first and really, really try and get myself amongst it. And like I said, I absolutely love it here. Just, just one more from me on the sort of the French connection. Um, how difficult has it been and, and how different has it been through COVID? Because obviously, am I right in saying that for games over here now, you, you're coming over on the day um, and then going home on the same day? Yeah, yeah, it is. Um, look, I'll be, I'll be honest, I've, I've not actually done pre-COVID yet. Obviously, I, I was injured and um, I, I had my leg done, so I've not actually stayed over in a hotel yet. This is the norm for me now, so I, I don't know any different. Uh, but, but to be honest, you, you get in that routine. Uh, like last year, we never had any, any home games, really. I think we ended up playing two uh, around the summer, but other than that, we was coming to England, and you get you, you know, like I said, it's just a routine. You get used to it, and we get up, we have our we have our breakfast at the club, and you know, we get on the plane, we fly in, and we fly in on the same day, and it, it just becomes the norm now. We know we have to look we're professional. We know what we have to do. You can't use that as an excuse because otherwise you're going to end up mid table every year if you're losing every away game and things. So mm-hmm. uh, we we know you know look, you get off the plane, you you get yourself prepped up. We we'll have another pre match meal there, play, and then. You shoot off home, but you know, look at if anything, like I said, it, it it's just it shows. I think the commitment to the club that Bernard has, it's a lot of money, you know, and he could have quite easily said, listen, it's it's not for us this, and you know, like uh, if anything, had a couple of years out or kicked up more of a fuss, but you know, he does what's best for the club, and you know, it, it, he's been amazing through it all, and I think you know, just also a credit to the lads as well. No one, you know, no one gets on the plane and complains. It's you know, like I said, we're professional. We know what we have to do, and so far, Touch World have been getting the job done, so I just wanted to keep on that same way, really. Mm-hmm. Touching on playing over in Perpignan, I haven't been there myself. It's a bit of a different hostile crowd uh, to games over in Super League, obviously, at Wigan. How do you find that yourself? Is it give you that push to win? Obviously, it's a tough place for visitors to go. Yeah, I absolutely love it. You know, I, I remember coming here when I was with Wigan and, you know, you, you used to have people shouting at you, like, this was even mm-hmm. under 19, you know, I used to be coming out and, 
people smoking fags in the crowd and chucking yeah. six, six stumps at you and I'm on the wing and I thought, Jesus Christ, like this, <laughs> this is this is different. This, but when they're on your side, it, it's absolutely crazy. You know, they they love rugby league over here. They're, they're passionate people. Um, I, I think you know the main thing is that Perpignan is a working class. It's a working class city. You know, mm. we're not like uh, you know cans and things like that. Where everyone's a millionaire and you know it's it, it is different. It's, it's working class and they appreciate players here that do work hard and they're proud of the region too. So. You know, when I first I first moved here, we had to do a promo at one of the uh, one of like the, the club's launch events, and straight away someone said to me, "Look, you're not just representing the Dragons; you're representing Catalan, and we're a very proud people, we're a very proud nation." And I think that's kind of stood out to me really. Like they do kind of take you in as one of their own and things. So yeah, I absolutely love the fans here. And just going back to the sort of playing aspects being top of the league just sort of what does that I know you've you've experienced you've experienced that with Wigan in the past but what does that feel like being at Catalan being top of the league um to be honest with you, it's it's not that different um I, I think the main thing is if, if you ask any of the lads really we don't pay that much attention to the league table uh I couldn't tell you you know what our point percentage are or anything like that it's um it's just one of them things it, it's a like I said earlier on it's a, it's a byproduct of us playing well uh, the main thing for us is that we're steadily improving each week. It's, you know, it, it's grinding wins down. We're not, we're not bothered about winning teams, you know, 50 points in and all that sort of stuff. As, you know, what we want to do is just steadily improve and make sure our defence is on, make sure that we're, you know, our attack keeps clicking and everyone's kind of just falling into place. And at the end of the day, where you are now in the league means nothing. It's all about where you are, you know, September, October time. And that's the business end of the year. So, that's where we want to be, you know, that's where we want to be at our best and peaking, really. And just talk to me about the impact James Maloney's had on the side since since coming over. He is, he's, he's had a great impact. Obviously, he's, he's been there and done it all. Uh, like I said, you know, about a lot of the boys, we have got some great experience and he, he's a key factor in that. Uh, I think he's he great at steadying the ship and, you know, between him and, and Josh Drinkwater, when them two combine, you know, I think we've, We've got a great halfback combination there, and that's it's a credit to them too. As we have, we have been scoring so many points and things. And like I said, I'm on the wing. I, I, I'm, <laughs> I, I'm the lucky one. I just have to put the ball down really from there. I'd work. So you drove all the way from Perpignan to Warrington to play in your England debut against the All Stars. Where did that come about? Yeah, it's a bit unorthodox. Uh, you know, look, I got the phone call. Uh, the week before, I actually had to set off saying, you're in the squad. And then uh, the week after, my, my missus landed here on Monday. She was visiting for a couple of weeks. And and then on the Tuesday, you know, Wayne rings and says, you're in the squad, you, you need to come down. So I had to go upstairs and say, like, listen, actually, pack your bags again. <laughs> We're going to be setting off in a couple of days. So uh, it's to be honest, it, it was a great experience. It's it's something, you know, I'll never forget. Uh, to follow on the English shirt, I, I said before, I was willing to do whatever it took. Um, you know, to me, it's it's the biggest stage of the game. Uh, it's it's the pinnacle. You know, you you want to represent your country. You want you you know you want to be at the top stage and compete against the best. So uh, obviously, it was an orthodox day we did it. But yeah, I wouldn't change it. I loved it. So looking at that road trip, Tom, did you? How long did it take you? Did you stop off overnight places? Did you carry on going? What was the what happened? Yeah, it was. Um, it takes about 10, 10, 10 hours, ten and a half hours to go from where we are in Cannes up to Calais at the very top. So uh, we drove down, and obviously we had to stop off a couple of times for petrol. But 
uh, we drove up to Calais in the first day and I think by the time we've stopped everything and, and a bit of traffic here and there, it ended up taking us nearly 12 hours. Uh, and then we stopped off at Calais and yeah, that, that night just chilling to the hotel, I crashed out, the both of us did and uh, the next day we went across the tunnel and yeah, drove up and then uh, as of then I, I had to isolate in, in the hotel where England put me. So um, yeah, it's, it's like I said, it, it's a bit different. It's not usual game prep, but I was glad that I got there early enough, you know, but by the time it got to the game, I'd already have, you know, my usual day's rest and we've been in training and things, so I felt fine again. What was it like to link up with Sean Wayne again? Yeah, it was great. Uh, you know, look, I rate Wayne very highly. I think he's a great coach and I think he's probably the perfect man for England. You know, he's he's a very proud man. He's intense and he wants, he wants the best out of people and, with the calibre of players he's, he's able to choose from. I think that really suits his coaching style. So, yeah, I, I was uh, very happy to work with him again. Yeah, and obviously touching on, on Sean Wayne, you worked with him at Wigan. So just sort of give us an, an insight into earlier on in your career, you know. We always like to find out how guests got into rugby league. Was it from a young age, etc.? And then how did sort of the, the moves to Wigan, etc. come about? Yeah, um, Again, probably I've not. I'm a bit weird at everything that I do in life. It's a bit more unorthodox. I never, I never went through any scholarships or town teams or anything like that. I was never selected. I was actually used to play halfback, which is, like I said, bizarre now because I can't pass really. So, <laughs> so I was probably the only halfback in the league who was taking 20 carries a game. In um, yeah, I played there. I met you, and uh, if anything, I give up on rugby league completely. Uh, I just, you know, I fell out of love with it and kind of felt like I wasn't really going anywhere and I weren't enjoying it. And uh, my, my coach at St. Pat's, Glenn Sweeney, uh, I actually used to do a bit of like some speed sessions with him and things and like extra bits of ball work and stuff. And one day he said to me, listen, you know, I've got a contact at Fylde Rugby Union. Do you want me to have a word of them for you? And, you know, you can go up there and have a try of it and just see how you, see how you get on to something different. So that was, you know, I've probably been about 16, 17. I said, yeah, great. And I, I went up to the... And, you know, I absolutely loved it and, you know, kind of uh, got me enjoyment back for rugby. You know, that even though it was rugby union, I just I enjoyed that something different and a new challenge. And uh, it, it's something that, to be honest, I, I thought at, that, at the time when I was there, like, oh, I'm just going to stay in this now. Uh, it was only kind of, you know, by fate or by luck, whatever you want to call it. Um, George Williams' dad, Peter Williams, he was coaching at St. Pat's at the time in the 18s and said, look, we've not got enough players uh, we need you to fill in for a game. It's a National Cup game. Can you come down and, and, and play fullback? So I said, yeah, no problem. And I went down and played a game. And then he said, look, we've only got like, another week and maybe after next week, we've, we've probably got more people. Can you just do one more? So I said, yeah, no problem at all. And I went back to Fylde and played there on the Saturday again. And on the following Sunday, I doubled up again for Pats. And at the end of the game, uh, Wigan Scout came over to me and said, hey, would you like a trial in the 19s? So, you know, I was bit kind of surprised by it all really you know I played rugby league for since I was six so you know maybe you know 11 years at that point and, and nothing came up and as soon as I leave the sport I come back for two weeks and <laughs> I, managed, I managed to get a trial so uh, I, I, did, I did a week at Wigan and I, I played my first game in the 19s against Warrington and they said yeah we'll sign you on for this year uh, and that you know I, I was over the moon I spoke to Fylde about it and, and told them you know listen of I've been offered, and they was great with me. They supported me and said, look, there's always a place for you if it doesn't work out. So, uh, you know, everything from that point on, really, just kind of 
kind of progressed pretty quickly. I, I did my first year at 19s and signed on again for my last year at 19s. Uh, and then, you know, I got halfway into that. I think it was around August time that they told me they're going to sign me on into the into the first team the year after. And I went into that probably thinking, you know, look, I'm, I'm not going to get much game time. It's just about chiseling away, really, and hopefully I can get one or two games and show what I can do. And then due to due to injuries, I managed to actually get in the first team. And from that point on, then, you know, it was... I, I, did, I never wanted to go back to that. I was kind of... No disrespect to, to to any other teams or anything, but I felt like anything else but the first team then was a step down. Uh, you know, I wanted to, I wanted to be in the first team. I wanted, I I love that feeling each week of, you know, you're in Super League and you're playing against the best and things. So, uh, yeah, I was lucky and and, and Wayne were great with me. I think he showed great faith. I was only you know 19, 20 when I first came through, so he showed great faith and kept putting me in. So, uh, as of then, like I said, it, the rest is history. I played my first year, my second year, and then. Brought my leg and ended up in front. <laughs> <laughs> so, Tom, how does a halfback end up scoring tries most weeks on the wing? Yeah, it was. I, I remember I was I was a halfback and it was actually my coach at college, Gareth Hayes. He said to me, "Listen, I, I don't think you're a half. Uh, I, I think if anything, you're probably more suited to fullback. You're a better ball runner than you are a passer." Which is putting it mildly, because like I said, I just didn't pass. <laughs> so. Uh, so yeah, that was that was my first experience of that, and then I played at fullback for a little while, and then when I went to rugby union, obviously it was a different sport, different rules. I didn't have a clue what I was doing, so they said, "We're going to put you on the wing." Uh, you know, it's it's a little bit similar. You know, you're still in the backfield and stuff, but at least then you're not in the middle and you're not in the thick of it. So I said, "Yeah, great." And when I was playing at Pats, I was still playing fullback, and Matty Pete at 19 at the coach, obviously first team now assistant coach. But he said, look, we've already got a fullback in place, but we need a winger. We're going to put you on the wing. So I said, yeah, no worries. And, you know, since then, everything kind of just fell into place. It, uh, you know, it wasn't like a planned move or anything like that. I guess it was just, I gradually got shoved further and further out. <laughs> and Tom, being, in the, uh, being over in the south of France, have you managed to uh, catch much of the Euros, obviously, um, with England? Do you, do you think it's coming home? Oh, mate, I, I don't have a clue about football. I've seen, I've seen the results and I've seen that they're doing well. It, obviously, they're good for the country, but, uh, yeah, I, 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 know, I know less about football than anything else, so it's not my place to comment on it. <laughs> Touching on the England you play for, Tom, how was it scoring any debut? That must have been something special. Yeah, look, I absolutely loved it. It, it was a shame about the result. Obviously, I'd, I'd, love to have a, I'd, I'd, I'd win on my first game, but uh, to get over the line, I was absolutely made up with and. Uh, the the old week was a great experience. It's it was different. Obviously, I've never been involved in 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 the first team before. I, I did a little bit of the night yeah. when we went over to PNG. So um, it it was good to see some of the boys that I already knew and and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, I, I enjoyed it. And you know, the main thing for me now is that you know that that game's been and gone. It's done, and it means nothing. You know, it, it doesn't matter where you was then. It's it's all about the end of the season now and the World Cup. And you want to be at your best each week because. You know, Wayne is proven if, if you're on form and, and you're playing well, he's going to put you in. doesn't matter if you've played for England before, 10 times, one time, never. Mm-hmm. You know, he's it, going to put people in based on who's playing the best. So, um, you know, like I said, that, that game's been and gone and it's all about just focusing on each week now and getting the best of catalogs. And up next, obviously, it's, it's, a, it's like a double header against Leeds, isn't it, for you? Um, so what are you expecting from them? Yeah, it is. Le- Leeds are a quality side, you know, they, they have been for... For a very long time now, I think uh, they, they struggle some parts this season with injuries, but they're getting more and more players back. Um, I think it's going to be a tough game for us. We're without a couple of middles, and 
you know, I think that if anything, you know, as a backfield, then, you know, you have to step up even further on your carries and things. And uh, I think one, one to 13, well, one to 17, should I say, we know that it's going to be a big ask, especially going over to England and doing it. But if we can, uh, if we can get these, you know, a couple of results knocked out and a good month in July, it's going to put us in really good stead for going into the rest of the season, really. Uh, I know you've not been there for too long, but in the future, do you have any ambitions to come back to England and, and play for another Super League club? Um, uh, t- to be honest, mate, I- I- I've not thought about it too much at all. Um, you know, look, I'm very happy here at Catalans and I, I absolutely love being here. Uh, I-, I think one thing that, you know, rugby league's predictably unpredictable. You never know where you're going to end up. But at one time, if you'd have said to me, do you think you play for Wigan for the rest of your career? I'd have said, yeah. And then, you know, you break your leg and different coaches come in and, and players and things and, you know, things change. So, um, you know, look, never say never. But as of yet, I'm not thinking about that at all. I'm very happy here. And, you know, my, the only thing I, I, I want to do is, is play my best here at the club and, and make sure that I'm helping us to win games and be there for, you know, hopefully get us some success and, and get us some trophies. At the start of every season, the coach always speaks about the aims and targets. What was the aim and the target Steve said ahead of this season? Was it top of the table, grand final? No, not at all. Um, I think, if anything, you know, look, this 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 pre-season, it, it was a bit unorthodox for us. It's, uh, you know, we had, we, had, we had to come in quite late on due to we, we was actually getting still on the furlough system, as it would be in England. So we, we, we was on that and uh, there was no army camps, no... You know, you're in at nine and you're finishing at four. And I think, if anything, it's been a it's been a masterclass for us because we came into the season, everyone felt fresh, we felt good, we felt strong and fit. But it wasn't like we'd been training for, you know, three months and you're pretty much, you know, you're knackered by the time the season starts. I think that that, that was a key thing. I think that, that's been a, a good reason why we've been so consistent so far and touch wood, it carries on. Uh, in terms of goal setting, we never, we never really talked about it long, you know, long term because... Ultimately, you know, look, if you look at too much of the big picture, you, you miss, you know, you, you miss what you're doing in the here and now. And all we want to do is focus on each team each week and who we're going against and make sure that we're turning up each game. Yeah, sounds fantastic. And, and we obviously hope for your sake and for Catalan that you can stay top of the league and you can make Catalan proud and get them to the, the first playoffs and the first grand final in a, in a very long time. So thanks for your time, Tom. Really no, appreciate thanks, it. Thanks very much, Adze. I appreciate it. So we're just going to take a look at last week's Betfred Super League results. Um, obviously, last Wednesday was supposed to be Castleford Saints as well as Wigan Warrington. Obviously, Castleford couldn't field a side, so a 24-0 win to Saints was automatically awarded. So Wigan Warrington at the DW where Ben was covering for Pross. Ben, on an emphatic Warrington victory, give me your thoughts on that one. Yeah, I think you've, you've summed it up perfectly. Um, I think Obviously, we've seen Wigan struggle in recent weeks. They're missing key players. I do think that they'll they'll sort of get stronger when when these players are back. You know, like for example, Zakardeka. I think we had Jackson Hastings filling a fullback for Wigan, which is to me it doesn't suit him. Um, but you know, all, all credit due where it's due. It's still hard to go and win at the DW. You know, Warrington haven't done it since I think it was July 2017, and and you know they managed to do it in comfortable style. I mean. A hard trick for Jake Mammel. He's the one that I chose to write my sort of article on after the game. Um, a hard trick, you know, it's 
albeit two intercepts, but you've got to be in the right place to get them tries, you know. And then the third is, is shaky. We can defend, and I think it's desperation. But still, again, again, you've got to be there. So yeah, I think comfortable from Warrington. Um, improvement needed from Wigan. I think Adrian Lamb after the game sort of said that the effort levels were there, which I don't doubt. But then he also said the game sort of. of turned on, on some refereeing decisions which I'm not sure I agree with but you know that that's a sort of that's a, that's a life of a coach you've got to find something to to sort of back up what you say so yeah I think comfortable for Warrington and obviously six Super League wins their own now so Cal it could finally be oh yeah um yeah about that I mean me and Ethan were speaking before recording um a couple of days ago it could potentially be I know we say it a lot um but I, I kind of think it looks like a different Warrington side at the moment. They're just sort of playing with a bit of a chip on their shoulder. I think with it being prices last season, we could potentially see it, yeah. But I'm not going to be naive. And I know that was a very weaker Wigan side than we've seen, you know, in the past. But it was good to see without, obviously, Gareth Widdop in the side um, due to injury. It was good to see, not saying he doesn't step up, anyway but Daryl Clark obviously putting the kick through for the first try which was scored by Connor Wrench I thought that was a good piece of play from him sort of stepping up from dummy half um, and Matt Davis is a player um, who has scored in the last couple of games and he's sort of making a name for himself to be a um, a consecutive uh, Warrington starter but obviously Jake Mamo was sort of the story of the game um, and it was obviously mentioned the day after that that he's going to be moving over to the Castleford Tigers for 2022, which was sort of the worst kept secret. I think it was pretty clear we knew that was going to happen as soon as Warrington announced that Peter Mataltier and Ollie Holmes were going to be coming over the Pennines. But no, it's it was a fantastic win for Warrington. And Ethan, just on Wigan, do you think that's sort of, they can't get any worse than that? Um, as Ben touched on, yeah, they've got a lot of key players missing. Obviously, now French is out for the season. That was announced to a while ago, uh, Hardaker is stood at suspension and had a knock on his neck, so he's out. So they are struggling, especially at fullback. Uh, and they also looked very uh, small in the forward pack. Warrington did walk over and gain the easy yards on Wednesday night. Whereas for Wigan, I know it's they've lost a few in a row now and they've got Saints uh, later on today as we're recording. Uh, and I can't really see them getting anything from that match if they continue to play as they are. Obviously, we had Tom Davis on the podcast not so long ago. Catalan, another win for them, and it was a hammering away at Huddersfield. Ben, just quickly, not going to talk too much about Catalan because they're top of the league. Tom spoke on that. They are having a phenomenal season. Huddersfield, though, I thought a few weeks ago when they beat Warrington, 26-20 when it was the first game back for Warrington, I thought Huddersfield were going to... That was the start of a, a good season for them, but it sort of turned... It's, it's gone the complete opposite way. Yeah, I think, you know, the same as you, I've seen Huddersfield beat, beat my team, Lee, this year. I mean, everyone beats Lee, but they hammered us. Um, I think from there on, it's, it's sort of taken the downturn, like you said, because, again, they're missing players, I think, quite heavily. Um, I think I said on the, on the show a few weeks ago that it could turn nasty this season for Huddersfield. And while I don't think they'll end up being in any trouble... Like in terms of relegation, um, I don't think they'll they'll mount any sort of pressure on the top six because they simply don't have the squad depth. Um, you know, I think 
We saw a few weeks ago the name in 13 plays in a, a provisional squad, which, yeah, OK, they didn't go to into that game with with just the 13. But, you know, they're calling on academy graduates now. And while it's great to see Will Price get his debut the, the other night, obviously the son of the son of Liam Price, Leon, I should say, sorry. Um, it, you know, are these players ready? I'm not quite sure. Yeah, it's a tricky one, and I think for Huddersfield, it's you could say with it being Ian Watson's first season that they'll get better, but it it's it's a very similar story season after season for Huddersfield. I just want to give a shout out to Josh before we move on. Josh Knowles, obviously covering that that game for Prost. Um, you know, congrats to him. Yeah, and moving on to the other game on Thursday night, um, Ben. I won't come to you this time because I know no. I do on a Lee loss. I'll go to Ethan, but Ethan, uh, Leeds, Leeds' terrific form in the last few games has carried on. Um, obviously, to the to the dissatisfaction of Lee fans, it's another loss for them, though. 48-18, Leeds won. Ethan, what are your thoughts on that one? Um, Lee obviously got off to a good start, 6-0 up. Uh, and then Lee, again, shot themselves in the foot, got a man in the sim bin, and that's when Leeds... Got the points on the board and effectively ran away with it. Uh, a big, a big win for Leeds, and they look, they've got the players back, and they look to come strong. And that's two back to back now. The big wins over Salford and Lee in the back to back games. The big one for Lee and Lee fans as well is the injury to Ryan Briley. He got a nasty uh, injury, eye injury, and it looks like he could be out for a while. And he's been their best player, I'd say, so far this season. So that's going to be a big miss. Yeah, I'd, I'd have to agree. I think. I think obviously it's it's become standard with Lee at the minute where the discipline issues are mounting up and I obviously I can't pinpoint what it is, but I think we got away with one before the the sim bin, then got the sim bin and obviously sort of fell apart. But it, it's it, it's these key moments in games where if Lee were to stay in it, I mean we could have gone twelve 0 up. Um very we we broke through the line and and Mella had the ball in his hands to, to you know, he, he could have shifted it to Briley and gone in under the six for 12 nil. Um, you know, it's all sort of key moments where you you a got to take your opportunities, and b when you when you're when you've taken the lead and when you're in these key moments, don't don't go and shoot yourself in the foot and, and get a man in the bin because it's tough enough as it is. Um, yeah, just a, a tough night all around. Yeah, and it's it's probably not going to get any easier for for Lee. Um, I just think with with the sort of managerial situation, they had to put someone in the interim role, but I think it's pretty clear to see now that Per Haggerty's probably not going to be the guy to take them forward. Yeah, it is a tough one on, on sort of the, the manager's role at Lee because Kurt Haggerty obviously got drafted in. He's former player. He was um, Duffy's assistant. And it's... Yeah. Whether he's the right person in the job, or not, I think he's probably going to be the one that he's going to be in the role until the end of the season because it's been, you know, sort of four weeks, five weeks now and no movement's been been made from the initial release of Duffy. Um, I think Haggerty is doing his best to keep us up. I don't think it's um, a case of him or the players not trying. I simply think it's it's just key moments in games where you, you've got to be switched on and ultimately there are sides in Sudbury that are going to to brush Lee aside, I think it's inevitable. And, and you know, Lee have been in Super League twice before and never stayed up. Um, but, you know, if they can somehow get that first win, um, 
you know, never say never, but it is going to be tough. And if we do end up back in the Championship next year, I'm sure that whoever's in the in the hot seat will give it a good go. Indeed. And just looking through the games we've got coming up, we've got we've got one tonight in St Helens, Wigan. Uh, one tomorrow night in Warrington, Leeds, and then we move over to to Friday. We've got another two: Leeds, Catalan, and Wakefield, St Helens. And then there's a bunch of games on Sunday. So it's a bit staggered. There's a lot of games on days that you, there's, there's not normally Super League games on. But just looking at the ones today and tomorrow, Ethan, I'll come to you first for St Helens Wigan. What are you thinking there? Saints win. Comfortable Saints win, I believe. I think Wigan have struggled. Uh, I can see Saints winning by 10 points or more. If, if they, they get the attack to click uh, like they did last season and they've struggled this season to score points, uh, it could be a big win. And Ben, uh, Warrington leads tomorrow night. Um, you can't look past Warrington at the minute, I think, because obviously they're dominating most games, dominating most teams. I think, you know, the win away at Saints proved that and the win away at Wigan. It's, the character in the squad's great at the minute. Um, but it, it wouldn't surprise me at all if you go and stuff up against Leeds because... You know, without trying to offend you, the Warrington fan base, Cal, it is typical Warrington to to slip up where they shouldn't. And, you know, that is why you haven't been successful greatly prior, you know, in, in terms of grand final victories, etc. But I am going to back you. Um, I, yeah, I'll back you. I will back you. Yeah, I'll, uh, I'll have to agree with you there, Ben. Although it will be quite an interesting game because I suppose you could say now that we've gone six unbeaten in Super League. Warrington are probably due a loss and Leeds are in a good run of form so it it could it could be a very interesting game and yeah Leeds aren't in the top six at the moment but it's not like they're a bad side and putting 48 points on Lee even if it is Lee that is a fantastic result and you can only you can only beat what's in front of you so I think it's going to be interesting and yeah potentially if there's a game Warrington are going to lose it will be at home under the Halliwell Jones lights to Leeds. But we'll move on to the other segment because obviously the next games aren't until the 9th and the 11th of July. So we'll move on to the next segment and I just want to talk about some of the business that's gone on in Super League ready for the 2022 season. Obviously, the sort of first thing that happened was the movement of coaches. Daryl Powell announcing he's leaving Cass, going to Warrington. Steve Price obviously getting shown the door at Warrington. And then Lee Radford coming back into Super League. He'll be the cast manager from 2022 and beyond. But player-wise, it probably has been Castleford that have made the most movements. They've signed Jake Mamo from Warrington and Joe Westman from Wakefield. And they've also extended the contracts in recent days of Hooker, Paul McShane, Ben. Just based on Castleford's business, do you think it's... Obviously, they're losing Daryl Powell, done so well for them, but is it a sign they're getting a coach in, in in Lee Radford, who's won a Challenge Cup with the and they're signing players that can still keep them in commanding position? Yeah, um, I think it is. A, it's, it's been a great few weeks for Castleford, and I think, you know, the final will be very interesting um, as to how they sort of fare. Even if they lose, I think. You know, just getting there's a, a good achievement for them, especially in uh, Powell's last season there. And I think in terms of signings, Jake Mammel, you know, superb. Um, Westerman, superb. 
Lee Radford, good head coach in Super League, I think experienced. I think given you know his departure from LFC and in the way that it, that it happened, I think he'll be ready to come back into to management in the in the top fight and, and hit the ground running. I think Castleford are a team to watch next year. Um, and I, again, it's it's unpredictable as to how teams are going to fare. You know, come the end of this season, we, we might be seeing managerial changes. I'm sure we will. Um, players changes always happen. You know, so again, going into next season, um, it's going to be intriguing. But you know, let's just get this one out of the way first. Yeah, and obviously the the team that are sort of linked to Castleford a lot now, there's going to be that sort of link there for a while now. I think Warrington have have obviously let Mamo go, and they've they've announced the signings of centre Peter Mataltia and second rower Oliver Holmes from Cass. Ethan, do you think those two? I think but signings you'd expect Warrington to make. Yeah, I think they're two good signings to be honest. Two players that have played well for Cass. Uh, I mentioned the other day. I don't think Peter Metaltier is. I don't think we've seen the best of Peter Metaltier in Super League. I think his best are yet to come, and where fans will be hoping that's in a Warrington shirt. And Oliver Holmes, he's he's one of those players who you know what you're going to get from week in week out. He's going to be seven, eight out of ten week in week out, even higher. He's a solid player. Every performance, he's going to be there and thereabouts on his game for you. So it's good, two good signings for Warrington, especially with Dal Powell as well going over with good signings. And uh, another one that happened in the last week was uh, Saints and Leeds doing a bit of business. James Bentley signing for Leeds. Uh, ben, give me your thoughts on that one. Yeah, I think a, a good signing for Leeds. Obviously, he's from he's from there. You know, he's his hometown club. So I think that always gives an added incentive. We've seen it in, in recent weeks with Westerman going back to Cassa, etc. Um, I think he is a good player. You know, I think he offer Leeds more of what they need um, but again it's for me it's sort of a case of can you really predict how a player is going to perform at a club no because you know you've just got to wait and see but I, you know I think it's going to be a good signing but who am I to say yeah indeed and another team that are sort of making a lot of headlines at the moment um, in Super League they're sick at the moment I think people listening can probably tell you what I'm about to say. Hull KR, I think they're making a lot of strides and a lot of noise at the moment. Obviously, there was talk of them nearly capturing Toby King from Warrington's grasp just before he signed an extension at the Wolves. And that was interesting. I know there was a family pull there with obviously George King, his brother, playing there. Um, but that just showed how ambitious all Kingston Rovers were getting. But now in the, in the, in the last few days, it's broke that they're on the verge of signing uh, Saints fullback Lachlan Coote. I mean, just saying, Lachlan Coote going to Hull KR. It's a sort of, it's a, it's a mad thing to say when Hull KR haven't been the side they are at the moment in in the previous years. And obviously, a player of Coote's calibre going over to Craven Park would be pretty tremendous, wouldn't it, Ben? Yeah, it would be. I think um, I'm very surprised at it though. I, I, you know, in all honesty, I thought he'd be returning back home um, to Australia. But, again, I think it will be a good signing for, for Hull KR. And, the, you know, they're building a, a good squad there. And I think we've seen the sort of the start of it this season with, you know, I know they won away at Wigan the other week. And, yes, again, Wigan are in, in great form. But if Hull KR could continue to build this side, then they're another one that could 
maybe surprise a few next year and, and start to climb up that league table because, you know, in recent years, we've seen them in the Championship. Um, and I think, you know, again, just, just to reiterate that rugby league, usually, um, you don't tend to get loads of surprises. That's my opinion. I think, you know, every year you've got your, your Wigan, your Saints, your, your Wire in the, the top six, definitely. Um, but then there are room for these teams to sort of come and surprise people. And, you know, we all enjoy seeing it. Maybe not you as a as a Wire fan, Cal, but I as an outsider do. Um, and I think Lock and Coop going to KR could really take them up a level. Yeah, indeed it could. Um It'll be very interesting. And I think, to be honest, it's it's a lot of it's probably down to the head coach they've got. Obviously, former Leeds and Warrington head coach, Tony Smith. I think the, I think the influence he's having on the club is, is, is clearly showing in the amount of transfer targets and rumours Kayara sort of circling. Even if they don't, like Toby King, even if they don't, you know, make the signings, the fact they're sort of in the mix for them at this point is 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 very good and I, sp- I suppose their league position shows why they have every right to be going for players like Lachlan Coote. Uh, and another piece of uh, interesting news which we've heard a lot about in recent weeks and it's not going away anytime soon. Um, obviously, Tom mentioned him in his interview. George Williams, it's a name that we've heard a lot about. Is it Warrington? I think it's a foregone conclusion that it's Warrington. And I think the news that Greg Inglis has been re- released from his uh, playing contract is sort of paving the way now for them to announce Williams as a Warrington player as a as immediate effect. Would you guys think any different to that? Do you think it won't be Warrington or do you think it might be from next season? Or what are your thoughts on this uh, Williams saga? I think it's it's almost certain it's going to be Warrington. I know Wigan ruled themselves out of the mix. Same with Leeds. If it's, if it's not Warrington... It's going to be one heck of a surprise, but it's it's more or less the worst kept secret in the game. So uh, yeah, it's it's definitely going to be warranted, but we'll, we'll have to wait and see. Yeah, I think it's it's warranted, but it's it's a case of if it's from this season or next, and obviously is his fitness up to up to scratch? You know, who knows? Um, but if it is this season, then we might you know again, Warrington are already on a good run, and you know. Cal's getting excited here recording. Could it could it be? Could it be this year, Cal? <laughs> I hope so. I hope so. It's uh we will see. I mean, obviously there's a lot of rugby to be played and Warrington aren't even top of the league. So, you know, there, there's no point getting carried away because you know, with the amount of expectation on a club like Warrington, one loss can can feel like, you know, ten losses. But at the end of the day, I think wherever Williams goes, he's gonna have an, a, a tremendous impact. I'm surprised Leeds ruled themselves out, to be honest. I think he'd have fitted in quite well there. Leeds have sort of still got the the history of being a champion club as opposed to, to Warrington, not so much. But no, wherever he goes, look, he's going to be a fantastic player. And I think it's it's pretty crucial for him that he gets into a side or, or gets into Warrington for 2021 because he's going to want to be in that World Cup squad. Um, but, you know, this salary cap business is, a, is an in, interesting point of Super League because... Even though they've released Greg Inglis from his playing contract, it's still not a foregone conclusion that they'll be able to get him in for this season. I do still see Warrington announcing him, you know, from 22 and 2022 and beyond because I just don't know how they'd be able to do it with still Austin, Widdop, and Daryl Clark on 
marquee money, but I guess that's that's something to wait and see. And I, I'd like to think before our next episode, we can see an announcement and then we can be talking about the announcement on uh, the next episode. But touching on some championship news, um, Widnes Vikings, their last result was a 25-12 victory over the Bradford Bulls last Sunday and they play Halifax Panthers today. Um, one of the Widnes players... Uh, Matt Cook is a good friend of the podcast who will be, be coming on at some point um, and hopefully today Widnes can uh, can beat Halifax um, and then we can get him on for an interview but they sit seventh at the moment in the championship and obviously Halifax are fifth um, so they're not too far off the playoffs Ben do you think it's going to be a win for them today against Halifax or do you think they're in for a tough afternoon? Uh, that is, that's a tough one to call because I think we've seen Widnes perform inconsistently this year so far you know Matt Cook friend of the show but you know we've got to be honest on here and and they've not been great at times but other times they, they've they pulled a, a win out the bag where maybe it wasn't expected and Halifax I think we've seen in recent weeks they they defeated bottom side Swinton Lions and it was comfortable and you know Halifax are a good side they have been traditionally in the championship when you know when my team were, were floating about in it and it's it's certainly going to be an exciting game, a close game. Um, but so that we can get Matt on, I'm going to back a witness win. <laughs> and just talking about the other Betfred Championship games we've got to look forward to today. Bradford Bulls play Batley. Dewsbury take on Sheffield in a Yorkshire clash. Whitehaven will play Swinton and York play Newcastle. We will just mention the, um, the four Super League games next Sunday because there's some teams playing in that one that haven't played this weekend due to postponements and whatever. But there are four interesting games, and straight off the bat, a team we've talked a lot about, uh, Lee, they uh, on my screen are looking at the first game. Got Hull FC away, uh, Hull KR take on Warrington, Wigan will play Huddersfield, and then half three, Castleford will play Salford. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll talk about the two probably most intriguing games out of that out of that lot. I'd say, based on how they're both playing, Hall KR Warrington's an interesting one. Would not surprise me if if that's a Hall KR win. Um, and Wigan-Huddersfield, I think, could be an interesting one, with Wigan being a little bit out of form, you could say. Um, can Huddersfield get back to winning ways themselves in those two? So that's those are two games to look forward to. Um, but I think that's about all we've got time for on today's episode of the Rugby League Review in association with Prost. I hope you've enjoyed it. Episode four, we're getting through them now. Uh, next week, we'll have more Super League talk, more Championship talk and another player interview for you. With all of that done, I'm your host, Callum Insel, and we'll see you next time.